Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we are about to cover Season 4, Episode 2, entitled Infected. Uh, it was another stunner, in my opinion. I thought it was uh, maybe even better than the first episode. Well, for what it lacked in zombie set piece, it made up for an even more character development. Like, mm-hmm. they're almost sure-handed at the, uh, two episodes in with the character development. It's It's incredible. It's a stunning reversal. Yeah, there were a lot of stunning reversals this episode with Rick uh, and with the little girl, I guess her name's Lizzie, who is the stupid idiot. Mm. Oh, God, I couldn't stand her. I'm glad she changed her mind at the end. But we'll get to that. Do you have anything you want to talk about up front before we get into the recap? A couple things. Real quick, uh, our Beth contest was a little bit of a dud. <laughs> we actually got some responses, and I'll read those in the feedback section. But nobody's eligible to win the cast. So we've got a winner-take-all contest now. If you're in the greater Atlanta area and you want VIP tickets uh, to the Walker Stalker Con, these are tickets that will get you to mingle with the stars of The Walking Dead. It's pretty cool. What you need to do <laughs> is guess the weight differential between myself, Aaron, and Skinny over here, Jim. Skinny? No, I. But I have height on you. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I got the height, man. Uh, so if you <laughs> if you can guess the weight differential, closest closest eligible person, uh, we will get you your tickets, uh, and you will win the contest, and you will be excited because you get to meet us. Yeah. So if you Pro- want, mostly you get to meet us, but also like Andrew Lincoln and a couple other people. So I don't know if this Mormon is going to help people, but Anybody listening to the podcast, they can go to baldmove.com slash video and actually check out a video of us podcasting here. So you can actually get a visual of us, see maybe what you think we weigh, roughly. Yeah, from the tits up. Yeah. <laughs> my weight's all in my pants, so it's, <laughs> yeah, it it's going to be tough to determine. So where do they need to send those entries? That would be watchingdead at baldmove.com. Anyway, oh, one other that... thing, I so we came short. We came short, like two, a couple hundred bucks short of the survival guide review, but we were a couple hundred bucks over of our Breaking Bad, Breaking Good final season coverage. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do the survival goal or survival guide. I intended to have that out today, but my laptop actually died. The hard drive got trashed. So I'm going to be writing it tomorrow afternoon. It should be up sometime around dinner time on the East coast tomorrow. And then the survival guide for four Oh two will be up uh, Friday at noon at the normal time. So apologize for that. Uh, but we should be full speed ahead, uh, going forward. Okay, great. Let's get into the recap. Uh, we start off this week with someone feeding zombies rats. Um, who do you think this is based on the rest of what we see this episode? One of them crazy girls. Okay. We good. have a ton of feedback for alternate suggestions. Oh, yeah. There's a big theory out there that it's Carl, which just blows my fucking mind. It, yeah. It seems like the leading theory on Reddit is uh, Bob Angelo. Okay. Yeah. Just because he's a little shady looking. Uh, just like he was acting a little weird. And he's. There's all kinds of reasons, and there's a lot of stuff. The it's new like, guy. It's not my theory, so I'm going to let the listeners have their way uh, in the feedback section. Yeah. But that right. seems to be the leading us theory on Reddit, anyway. And we got a lot of support in the mailbag, too. So. Okay. Well, I'm staking a claim to Lizzie. I think right. it's insane to show everything they showed us this episode and have it not be Lizzie. 
Right. But I just thought we'll it was see. funny because someone as passionately arguing against the fact that it could be the girls on Reddit mm-hmm. on the basis that the <laughs> flashlight was held at zombie face level and no way a little girl could do that. And I'm like, <laughs> what show are you watching? <laughs> that they're that consistent? They can't get continuity right on like uh, numerous fronts. And you think they're going to... Get something like they're going to sweat that detail? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. New sheriff in town is Scott Gimple, and uh, so far, hats off to him. I got to say, two episodes in, he's my favorite showrunner. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see if that holds up. Because <laughs> Glenn Mazzara did a hell of a job uh, That's redirecting for- it when he came in. I forgot how good we well, yeah. how high we were on the first half of season three, relatively yeah. speaking. So this could be uh, you know, history repeating itself, but I'm going to choose to be optimistic. Okay, uh, let's move on. Tyrese and Karen are talking about the new reality of their little pocket of humanity there, uh, possibly being the last people alive on Earth and how weird that is to think about. And then she goes to the showers and hears some noises and runs away, and Patrick wakes up and starts stalking around the prison. Yeah, the other thing we saw is the kids are apparently drawing pictures of the zombies. Yep. Like, you kind of like, you know, kids draw the little pictures of my home uh and they had a bunch of like four gray uh using zombie gray from the crayola box uh and labeling nick so you can see that the kids are really taken with this name zombie and i i don't i i can't believe the adults let them take it that far okay uh, i'm with you I mean, Carol certainly doesn't want her to, right? I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think they know I don't know, know what it. I'd do if my son started drawing pictures of, like, a serial killer that was on the newspaper <laughs> or the television show. I don't know what exactly I would do, but it would involve, it would involve a sit-down uh, and some, like, this ain't cool. I yeah. certainly wouldn't hang it up on the goddamn common area. For everyone to see. Do they think maybe that these are just drawings, like that I, she's not actually know. naming zombies? But it's just bad for morale. It's kind of like, it reminds me <laughs> that, man, season one of Star Trek Next Generation is some shit, number it's, one. It's bad, yeah. Number two, the one, uh, like Data Lore, where Data, they find Data's brother, and uh-huh. it turns out that he was from a planet where this crystalline entity came and ate everyone, <laughs> and they were, <laughs> that one of the ways they could tell is because they had kids' drawings of the crystal... <laughs> Literally sucking people's souls out. I'm like, <laughs> who? Number one, I buy that a kid would draw that, okay? Because mm-hmm. kids will draw fucked up stuff if they are presented fucked up stuff to process. Sure. But who hangs it up in their cube? Maybe they just don't want the kid to feel bad. Look, look like, at my yeah, kid. Oh, that's drew. a great drawing. Look at my kid drew after Johnny. like a hundred of us were slaughtered by that crystalline <laughs> shithead. It's sweet, right? This is going up on the wall. Yeah, it's going on the wall of fame. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, good point. Good point. Uh, anyway, so what what do you think this rock, paper, scissor bracelet actually means? I know it's there to show us later on that the burned body is actually Karen at the end. Uh, but do you think it has any significance? I have no clue. As far as maybe the uncertainty of their lives at the moment? I don't know. I'm looking for hidden meanings wherever I can find them I don't know. in this show. Um, hmm, that's a good that's, that's a good question. I wish I'd had more heads up to think about it. Um, what do you think? I mean, obviously we see that she's using the same kind of water trough that Patrick was using to splash water on his face. Mm-hmm. She's obviously sick and dead at the end of this episode. Um, what was I thinking about? I can't remember. It, it, the other thing I noticed that was really stark in the scene is when she's heading back to her bunk, just like the whole corridor of open doors. 
Yeah, yeah. What a, what a missed opportunity that that was. Wait, missed opportunity in what way? Yeah, the, the um, like it's weird that they drew attention to it later in the episode that someone that was sleepwalking mm-hmm. uh, would be locked in his cell for his own safety and others. And I'm just like, it's kind of stunning to think that you've got 20 or 30 people in this cell block mm-hmm. and some dude's locked himself at night because he sleepwalks for safety and no one else thought, like, you know what? The kind of world we're living in, maybe that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I I didn't actually take it to mean that he was sleepwalking and worried about other people's safety, like if he turned into a walker or anything. He's just worried about his own safety. Like, what what could go wrong if he's sleepwalking around a prison? Like, there are a lot of... Everything is concrete. Like, he could fall over and bash his head on something. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just thought it was for his safety. I guess and that's they, true. And they literally, excuse me, had not even considered that possibility. That's just... Man, I, I, don't, I don't know. That's... Uh, but we know that they've considered it, right? Because they've mentioned it in the past. Have they? I, as soon as somebody says we're all infected, they should have certainly yeah. thought about it. That's what I'm saying. It's like you see this ra- this council having their roundtable discussion. In six months' time, you'd think someone would have suggested something. Like, you know. Yeah. But I think this episode, if we're going to take the, the show's logic as it's intended to be taken, was designed to illustrate just how complacent everyone is about everything. Yeah. Like yeah. sanitation, sleeping arrangements, guarding, because, yeah. you know, the other, the, the other thing is those girls have been sneaking out at night for how long feeding Nick, I mean, several nights, if you look at the number of headless rats they got. Yep. Um, so I, I that's the thing. I mean, the, the purpose of these scenes was served, I think, even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Huh. Right. Like. They need to understand the long-term trouble that they're in, not just yeah. not just the idea that these zombies could bust down the fence, but the idea that even if they never do, there's still this looming threat over them for the rest of eternity, as far as they know. Yeah, and as I said in the instant cast, I'm willing to overlook a lot of this stuff just to see if they do address it moving forward, because the other thing yeah. is, it would, the show would not be as much fun as if like we flash forward six, six months and they're living in fortress fucking america <laughs> sure. right and yeah. just like you know it, it'd be a different kind of show so mm-hmm. um I, I, like i said i'm at i'm at peace with it and overall positive about the direction it's it's uh opening up did okay. you think it was a little the other thing is this was a really creepy and effective scene the way they used the tension at least i thought even though it's a mm-hmm. horror trope but because of uh, Karen's kind of red shirt nature. I really was thinking that, well, maybe she will be hunted, hunted down a bit. Um, handlebar mustache, dude. Is it believable that uh, Patrick <laughs> no. could uh, stumble into someone's cot uh, and bite your trachea out without making any noise? Uh, like that guy for, took first that guy all, took getting his throat ripped out like a fucking champ. <laughs> he's he's like, oh yeah, my throat's ripped out. I guess I'm done. Yeah, well, I mean, I all could right. scream or you know, struggle because it's not like this is an instant death. <laughs> yeah, like if he took a bite out of his brain, maybe. Yeah, like his skullless, exposed brain, I could believe that. But right, yeah, you bite somebody's trachea out, they're gonna jump up. Try to scream. Probably a. make a hideous gurgling noise, uh-huh. and I would I would be flailing too. <laughs> and when they can't, yeah, they're gonna run 
right out that door, that yeah. open cell door, yeah. and start flailing around and thrashing. I so it's a little yeah. convenient for that for Patrick. The other thing is it was, but it worked as like you said, a, a kind of tropey thing to build the tension. You know, the other thing is like I just recently got a cat. Okay, and this fucking bastard, not all the time, but like once a week. We'll get up to at three o'clock in the morning, scratching our carpet, and apparently our apartment car- uh, carpet is made out of, I don't know, the stuff that you manufacture egg cartons from, because you just do <laughs> horrific damage in about three seconds. Oof. And that threat is enough that the first I hear like a, you know, the first I hear a scratch, I'm like eyes open, grabbing spray bottle and dispensing water justice. <laughs> I can't believe a whole cell block people living in the goddamn zombie apocalypse are not like on. There's at least there's got to be at least one person that's on high alert for shambling, moaning noises, right? I, I really feel like they think they're totally safe in this prison. I mean, the the people from Woodbury came here. The the uh, lepers and the cripples of Woodbury came here from Woodbury, which was a basically a, a fort. That no zombies yeah. got into until they were attacked by humans. It's almost like the governor... And now they're in an even more fortified yeah. building. It's like, how could a zombie possibly get into this prison? Right. but Because we have is, guards outside. I mean, right? they haven't right out said it, but I don't. I think at least half of the population is not Woodbury people. Oh, you think they've been bringing people in? I do. I think they've been doing I mean, Bob six, came I in, right? They, I think they've been doing it for six months, and they've been ranging yeah. and finding people, so I... And there wasn't that many Woodbury survivors to begin with. Didn't they establish that there was like 50, 60 people last year? Uh-huh. And we saw probably 20, 30 die on the screen. Yeah, it was a busload, right? I mean, yeah, if yeah. You, you assume like, what, 30 rows of seats or something in a right. bus? So, Two people per seat. And there was there was a good 20, 30 people in that cell block with, with all yeah. the screaming and yelling. And how many people do you – well, I guess we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Well, that's the other thing too, right? Like this is cell block D where all the Woodbury and – maybe other people yeah, C are is where all the original folks are. yeah i'm OGs. sure those badasses are locked up tight nobody's getting in there nobody's getting out i don't know it's man. just the guys in d who are it looked like it looked doors. like the uh corridor between them and c d and c which i think they're calling the tombs now was wide open <laughs> jesus they called it the tombs before right i know well yeah there's a reason you would want to shut that door right but okay yeah, uh, so like yeah, I said, no, I kind of, I kind of can't wait to see, you know, what what's going to happen with uh, how they react as a community to this new threat. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm interested. Um, also, we noticed in that scene that Karen and Tyrese are uh, hooking up in one way or another. They haven't uh, moved in with each other. She's not willing to shack up with them. Not yet, but mm. uh, that was probably coming in the future until she got burned alive. Or burned dead, maybe. Anyway, let's move on. Um, there's uh, a new intro that I guess we should have talked about last week. It's not that new. Before... Yeah, well, so we had theories going last year that the way people die is yeah. the way that their names are displayed over the intro credits. Did that did that come of anything? Uh, it did, for the most part. Like, we saw a lot of people who were displayed over gnashing zombie teeth, have their teeth or have have their lives taken by zombies. We saw people with guns be shot, things like that. Hmm. Okay. Um, this time, things are changed around, so I don't know how much we can read into that, you know? I mean, if they decided, okay, we're not going this way with, like, Maggie, for instance, um, let's put her over some other thing. It, it just seems like there's a lot of thought that would have to go into that. Right. Um, 
and maybe in the previous seasons that was kind of accidental and fans were just reading into it and spinning it the way they wanted. Right. But now, like, the showrunners are actually saying, okay, let's give them something to chew on. Could be. Because they do react to fan uh, ideas and criticisms, you know? I would say this show, more than a lot of the ones we cover, yeah. is responsive to fan criticism and feedback. I And, and honestly, I think... Uh, because uh, I interviewed, I think his name wasn't it uh, is Kim Soon. I forget the guy that was the that wrote the uh, um, the episode where Lori died. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I talked to him and we we interviewed, I'm interviewing Jason over at the, the Walking Dead cast. Um, when I interviewed them, he seemed genuinely surprised and um somewhat alarmed about the accusations of sexism and racism in the in the writing staff you know because he's obviously a minority himself yeah and i would say two episodes in they've done a lot to uh to flip that around they've sure. got you know they're building these characters and they're giving them re- meaty things to do that was our biggest complaint is that there was never character development right for like t-dog or for michonne or anything and even rick it's like he would have a theme for a season but that's not yeah. the same thing as you know character development. So. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we come back and uh, Patrick Zombie is still grabbing guts out of this dude, and then we cut over to Rick who's up before the alarm and he wakes Carl up. Uh, this dude is really turning into a farmer. He is up before the alarm, Hell up yeah. with the roosters apparently. Up with the baby anyway. Those yeah. things are as good as an alarm clock. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, but Carl's sleeping in, so yeah, Carl with the flashlight out Another there. Another late night flashlight <laughs> uh, comic book reading session. Yeah, it's so I I don't know. I mean, the idea that Carl Rick knows and has pointed out that Carl has a flashlight uh-huh. and is staying up with it late into the night. Maybe maybe there's something to it, but you got to ask why. What do you mean why? Why would Carl be feeding? zombies rats oh god no no fucking way all right. carl feeding zombies rats like that would be such a betrayal of his character the way he feels about zombies and and you know yep. um the fact i mean it i don't know i it i would be shocked and dismayed yeah. and the writers have to have a hell of a good reason for that to be happening if, if that's what they're happening yep i'm with you anyway so there are three fresh zombies heading out into the prison looking for food um, then we go up to Glenn and Maggie in the guard house and the guard tower, which mm-hmm. I actually think is awesome that they have kind of taken over this guard tower. That would be so much better than sleeping inside that horrible prison. Well, I mean, I was just thinking the safety. Well, I mean, it's probably not as safe as the prison. It's safe. It's safer from walkers. I mean, probably not from people. That's what I mean. Yeah. But do you think they're actually doing any kind of looking at, or that's just their apartment? I think that's just their apartment, because Glenn is about to go take watch. Uh, that's true. And they're, like, you know, banging, like, hammer and anvil. So they probably, <laughs> the rest of the prison population is probably okay with the newlyweds. <laughs> yeah. Or, did, they're not newlyweds. They're not They've married, got enough they? things that go bump in the night to worry yeah. about. <laughs> no, the, the, the uh, new relationship people, uh, get them get them into their own yeah. little... That's that's a good call. Love guard shack. So Glenn takes a picture of her while she's sleeping, and then she wakes up, and he's got to go uh, take watch. And I got to say, Maggie looking super ultra hot in her military jacket. No, she. I would love. I would like to Jeez. see something she's not hot in. Honestly, <laughs> running around in a tank top covered in zombie gore last year, she was pretty attractive. Eh, fair enough. So good looking woman that. Yeah, so uh, that's all I really picked up in this is that they moved into the guard tower, which is a great idea. 
Uh, moving on, Michonne's leaving, and Rick and Carl are saying goodbye as she heads out. And she says she's going to look for stuff for them when she comes back. Stale M&M's. Yep, stale M&M's and comic books. Uh, and she asks Carl why he doesn't wear his hat anymore. And he says it's not a farming hat. Mm-hmm. You think Rick put that idea in his head? That is not a farming hat, Carl. It's your getting shot hat. <laughs> it's your bullet That's true. hat. That is true. <laughs> you taking a bullet out here today, son, to put that fucking hat away? Yep. Um, he put it on Axel briefly after he was shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't – I think that's to it. Just yeah. the fact that Carl's being indoctrinated into the farming ways. Yeah, but it also, I mean, we know what that hat represents, right? That hat has been badass Carl yeah. from the start. And it was badass Rick when he was wearing it. Fair so enough. when he passed it down and became badass Carl, we now know like how that ties into Rick and Carl's story currently. Right. Where they are no longer carrying guns. They are no longer uh, in these kind of authority positions. Right. So I kind of like the, the homage there uh, to last season. Uh, Carl sees the fence um, looking kind of shaky as the zombies press in, and he says that they should go help um, clear the fence or whatever. But Rick would rather farm. Rick doesn't want any part of that. It's another sign of the group, the complacency, that they cleared out one cluster and called it good. Yeah. You know, it's like you'd think that with the fence being as shaky as it is, that that would be an all-hands-on-deck or all-able persons. Um, and it's kind of... Obviously, a sign of respect from the council that they're letting Rick get away from with this, with not doing anything. Yeah, because it seems like everybody else has to do something. You either have to volunteer for fence duty or away duty or something. Well, he's doing farm duty, right? That's true. He's growing all their food. But the way Daryl later says, "Look, man, you earned this," makes it me think that he's got some kind of special hands-off be a farmer kind of dispensation from the council <laughs> well maybe when they saw him screaming his lungs out in the middle of a prison <laughs> at almost, a ghost lorry when he almost killed <laughs> glenn in a fit of psychotic rage yeah they're like you know what maybe maybe raising pigs is for you yeah did you think there's any symbolism from um him having a worm farm and you know a lot of people a lot of that's a common phrase for someone that's going to be dead soon you say you're going to be worm food Oh, and yeah, yeah. The, the, he's he's dishing out hot worm food. No, come on, Rick's to not going to die. No. Oh, that he's giving it to the pigs that they'll be dead soon. Are you certain that Rick will not die? I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty sure too. But it's like I don't know. Throwing stuff in there, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. 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 I can't say for certain. No. So maybe. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, while they're farming, Carl apologizes for... Oh, I didn't even mention this about last scene. He asked Rick if he could go help, and Rick says that they both have plans. So then uh, Carl apologizes about asking if he could help, and he says he's been trying, which I think he means he's been trying to be cool with not carrying a gun and not killing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he asks when he can have his gun back, and Rick basically ignores him. Yeah, kids, man. You got to space those. You, you can't hit the parent. I mean, they're... The more you ask questions and the more you evade, the more the parents are putting on their uh, their guard. You know, there's a proper way to butter up a parent. And uh, <laughs> A, you know, if A, then B, then C is not a great argument to use for that. They see it coming a mile away. Sure. Sure. Uh, I do think it's interesting to see. I mean, we saw this in episode one as well, but um, it's being impressed even more here that uh, Carl is – very concerned with his dad's opinion of him and very concerned with um, not disobeying him, 
right? I mean, he's asking him if he can do these things. Uh, he's trying to earn his gun back. He's not sneaking around like he was in previous seasons. There's a definite shift in dynamic between those two. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's more mutual respect all around. Yeah. Because Carl was getting almost insolent with his father last season. Oh, no... yeah. When he told him, go away or whatever. When, yeah. When he tried to talk to him about the kid he shot, and he was like, yeah, go get out of here. You got things to do. Right. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Right. And Rick just let it slide. He wouldn't let that slide anymore. Yeah. So, well, I, mean, I, I just think that, I don't know. I mean, as Rick got a looser and looser cannon and crazier and crazier, Carl had to feel like, he was more and more the man, and now that Rick is kind of calmed down and there's uh, plenty of people to help, maybe that's helped Carl kind of relax into being a kid. We got a really good take uh, on email um, about you know why Carl freaked out last last week about the knives. Uh, we'll get to in the feedback section, but okay, you know, I mean, I, I again, they're doing a lot of really nice character development between here, yeah, and also absolutely. helping us fill in the gaps of the last six months. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm really looking forward to is when we finally do fill in all those gaps with Rick and Carl. Because uh, there's some gaps, I feel, that we haven't explored yet. Anyway, so they're alerted to the walkers in the prison. Uh, Michonne is on her way out, but I guess comes back when she hears about the, the shouting about the walkers. Well, she would, yeah, sure. Um, and she gets attacked at the front gate, and they grabbed her by her hair, which <laughs> is expected. I mean, you got to expect. You got these big old long dreads. You're going to get grabbed by them. Just the like zombies. Uh, all the uh, running backs and wide receivers in NFL, <laughs> eventually <laughs> that hair will will come to haunt you. Yeah, except when you get tackled in the NFL, you don't get your throat eaten. <laughs> uh, so Carl's gunfire, while saving Michonne, actually draws in more walkers, and they make a point of showing that. Um, then they go inside the prison. People are getting bit left and right. Uh, and the A-team rolls in, puts them all down. Yeah, even Rick get back, get back into the action. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's there when they need him, you know. Um, so I don't know. Carol is attending to one of the guys who's been bit. Ryan, which by the way, is that his name? Okay. Facebook scandal. People said that uh, that was uh, a Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like I don't care how much more I weigh than you. I'm not that fat. You are am not I? that fat. No. Like, no, if so, guy. I'm just going to put on sweatpants slash overalls and be done with it, you know? I'm just... <laughs> I was it. thinking, like, Rage Cage. He looks like KG from... Uh, uh, he does have... A, he did have a nice beard. I, I definitely yeah, yeah. saw the similarity there, but... Uh, sure. All right. I'm going to do, was... do a side-by-side -side screenshot comparison. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Carl's like, Carl, Carol's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ryan. We're going to have to amputate your head. <laughs> yeah. No, so he's not only bit on the arm, which she tries to put a tourniquet on, but he's also bit on the neck. Um, and they also notice that Patrick is dead. So, and somehow they deduce, I think, that Patrick kind of started this all. Well, just I, by looking at him, I actually thought that the sleepwalker dude is the one that um, is is the one that they actually observed dying, and that's the one they kind of like. Hey, this guy's got no bites or no marks or nothing on him. Yeah, no, I mean, they don't figure out about the virus here or the flu or whatever there, but th they kind of figure out, oh, he's the, the guy who started. Or Why it do seemed you think like that? It. it was just an offhand, the way they, they said I thought Patrick's said, here. oh, Patrick, you know, like, oh, God, too bad. Yeah. yeah, I guess he did like the kid. Anyway, there was a really good boot stomp kill here for Sasha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love these watermelon-headed zombies. Yeah. You just, you put a good boot on them and they just implode. 
Ah, oh, it's disgusting. Maybe uh, the zombie virus leeches the calcium from the skull. Yeah, yeah. Just the skull. Everything else is fine. <laughs> but the skull just becomes like, if you take an egg and you, have you ever taken an egg and soaked it in vinegar overnight? No. Why would I do that? It's a science experiment. It just because oh, it, it leeches the calcium out of it and it becomes like a water balloon. Oh. It's the same egg and it looks like an egg. But it's completely the shell is completely squishy, like a like a shark or a fish egg. Like it's hard boiled. Uh, well, no, because the inside is still like yolk, and I mean it's just like a normal egg, except for all the calcium is gone, so it's squishy. So the the inside is not shell. Yeah, the inside's not hard. It's a regular egg. Weird. So I wonder how many people are going to soak an egg in vinegar (laughs) over the next. Yeah. Over the next seven days because of this podcast conversation. Oh, man. Whatever you do, don't leave an egg in a, a tray of salt overnight. You what don't want that? to see what that does. Seriously? No. Oh, okay. fucking with people. Okay. Uh, but I had to give it away. Anyway, so then we start the cleanup where they're making the rounds, looking at uh, the damage. And amputee guy, I, Ryan, I guess is his name, asks Carol to look after his kids because he's done for and he knows it. And I was happy to see in a scene from now that this was actually that little girl's dad. Because <laughs> maybe she'll she'll wise up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought the scene made up for the fact that we don't really know or care much about any of these characters just with the fact that it's kids. And I know I have a soft yeah. spot. I thought this was pretty tough to watch them having to give – you know, go away. Get, say goodbye to their father and then having, uh, you know, the harshest school marm, Carol – uh, trying to get him to, the the dispatch their own father or this, yeah. Yeah, I just man, it's a lot, a lot to be on, put on ki- little kids. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally sure why Carol really wants this girl to kill her father. Like, it will allow it, you know. Like, doesn't that seem a bit harsh? Yeah, but she, she lost her daughter and probably thinks. Man, if my daughter knew basic zombie self-defense, this never would have happened. So I think that she's like one of those people that overlearns a lesson from past mistakes. Huh. And now she wants to raise these to be like little ass kickers. You know, no no offense to yeah. Judith. <laughs> <laughs> there could be only one ass kicker. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, we find out the flu is going around. They deduce it um, very, very quickly here because they have – like a vet and a a military medic and some other kind of doctor all there looking at this kid. Uh, And they find out he has no bites. He just died. And then they diagnose him with an aggressive strain of the flu. Um, And they find out, oh, he's eating barbecue the other day. Rick talks about the sick pigs. It all just kind of lines up for him. And that's, I like the fact that they've, they actually don't know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. So they're like throwing all these theories out and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Um, and I, having like actual medical advice there actually, but not makes sense like too. you know, did we get it from the pigs or did we give it from to, to the pigs? You know, yeah. Did we get it? Did we get this from eating the barbecue or is it? Did he get it from Daryl licking his fingers they, again? Yeah, I mean they they don't really know, and I like that. Like they don't yeah. have microscopes; they can't send these cultures off to the lab. You know, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean this this is a good thread to explore, like we've talked about in previous episodes. We took the, some heat. A couple of people took exception with us saying, Oh, you, uh, you freeze framed in high def and didn't see blood shooting out of the guy's eyes. But <laughs> I went and looked at the screenshots again. There 
I doesn't. Look I thought like they it. did a really shitty job of making us. I mean, clearly they wanted us to make the inference because Rick did stare at the one zombie with the burst eyes, and but they uh, show as meticulous as a makeup job as they usually do. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they sold it that well because. There wasn't blood coming from the dude's eyes. <laughs> there wasn't. He I had mean... weird zombie eyes, but zombies <laughs> have weird eyes, man. And they were like <laughs> kind of like bruised, but they weren't seep they weren't literally seeping blood. No, there's blood around his eyes. But yeah, it but all it looked, looked like, like it, it was coming it from the side or upward or yeah, like he coughed it up out of his lungs or nose or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which they said it basically just your your, your head ass- is a bottle cap yeah. and it just shoots off. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it starts coming out of everywhere. So yeah, I mean maybe it just didn't come out of his eyes. Maybe it came out of his ears and his mouth and his nose. It's ass and dick hole. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong direction, man. Well, why does up. it have to go up? Why? Because that's just what because a bottle cap only has one opening that human being yeah, is like. No, that's what Bob says. Or not Bob, the other doctor says. It's like a bottle cap, just boom. Comes out of everywhere. <laughs> I know, and I was listing the other things that could come out of. Yuck. All right, let's move on. Um, Carol brings uh, old amputee guy's kids in to say goodbye and then to put him down. And Carol's going to do it, but the stupid girl wants to because uh, for some reason, I don't know, she thinks they should be the ones. But she can't. So uh, we find out here that her name is Lizzie, or at least I found out there. Right, Lizzie and Mika. And Carol decides she's going to take out uh, Ryan. Anyway, right, right in front of them. Which is the fragiler kid? Because I kept vacillating back and forth the episodes. Like, well, maybe it's Lizzie, maybe it's Mika, maybe it's, Liz- and then like just when I thought I had it sorted, then Mika's like, "Don't be stupid, Lizzie. Or you're <laughs> stupid or whatever." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, so maybe stupid. She, maybe she's the one with the head on her shoulders. I, I don't know." Yeah, Which, I think th- the little girl has it more together mentally. Like, the, like she at least gets what is going on here. She's not in some la la land of delusion. Yeah, Call, naming zombies. And... I was trying to figure out who's the rat feeder because I'm I'm pretty sure it's one of these two. I think it's the older sister. I'm. What is the point of going through all this if she's not the rat feeder? It's almost too pat. I, I feel like it's the little girl that's going to be. Do you think it's a red herring? Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to. And it's the more shocking possibility too. Yeah, maybe I could see that. If it's a red herring, they're going to need to have a pretty good idea who it is next time. Probably. Uh, I don't want that to draw out for many more it's episodes. It's the mystery of season four. Oh, Who fed the zombies with the rats? Where is Sophia? <laughs> Where's Nick? Uh, uh, yeah. So Daryl shook hands with this kid. And now that we know it's a flu, they wouldn't kill Daryl, right? <laughs> what? They wouldn't kill Daryl? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, the, the writers wouldn't kill Daryl, would no, they? No, I don't know that that's true, man. Like, ah. I, I feel like... Didn't I give his odds a 50% this season? I can't remember. I'm going to notch that up about 25% every season he gets past this one. <laughs> because I just I don't see him being in this show past season five. Why? Because the actor, I don't think, is, is going to want to stick with it for more than that long. And I feel like... I it's, don't know, man. Where else is he going to get 16 million viewers? I don't think he gives a shit. You think Norman Reedus gives a shit that he's on the most watched cable drama about zombies on television? And gets to play the biggest badass on television? I, he probably yeah. has. He, he, I'm sure he has a great time doing it, but I think he's going to want to move on. Maybe he, maybe he will. I don't know. Uh, I just I just think he's a badass dude who likes playing badasses. Yeah, Why wouldn't know. he want to play the biggest badass? Plus, I mean, the one way to keep this show moving forward is to keep... I mean, you can't n- have character armor around 
the most popular characters all the time. Yeah. And killing Daryl would be legit. I mean, they would fucking bum me out. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of a character that I would be that that bummed out about dying. <laughs> I mean, Richard Har- Harrow on Boardwalk Empire, maybe. Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't exactly. I wouldn't break him back. I wouldn't riot. I mean, there's a couple times where I think in in seasons past I would have said I would have rioted if he'd have died. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, okay. five year contract, people. All right. Well, we will see. Uh, anyway, so Rick finds out that Michonne uh, had the close call when he comes outside to tell everybody what happened inside, and Carl apologizes for using his gun to and, save her. And buries his face right in Rick's chest and yep. instantly in exposing him, which, yep. which Rick tries to... I thought that was a really good moment, a uh, nice little moment Andrew pulled off, too, that whole, like, uh, you know, it's like, well, this is sweet, but damn, and I wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> yeah, too late now. Right. Uh, although I think it was too late. Carl's been working around those pigs as long as Rick has. That's true. Well, so, but it just depends on... He hasn't been in the muck, I, I was going to say, he didn't wade in the cell block C yeah, with very you know, true. knife, so... Yep. Um, so Carl apologizes, and then Rick tells the group outside what happened inside. Ooh, and that moment and, of that young, I guess, mother taking it looked like there was an infant that got oh yeah yeah like that was in the in the cell block right that was rough rough yeah man plus you came so much closer i seeing your dream of a zombie baby <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking when she <laughs> carried that thing out uh anyway so the council decides that everyone needs to be separated who is showing symptoms and kind of a a little back and forth here with uh, is it everyone from the council? It looks like there's only four or five of them. That's five. Yeah, there's five people in the council. No, the, the, there are only five. Okay. Yep. Um, and they decide they're going to put everybody in death row, which was literally, cool. which is all that was. That was awesome. And, and I like that Glenn points out. Look, this is death row. That's not right. Cool. <laughs> right. Um, so they're going to put the sick people in there. But it's also, I mean, it's the practical. It seemed like the right thing to do as well. Yeah, you got to separate them, right? Yeah. I mean, at least the people who are showing symptoms. Herschel is. Um, kind of adamant about not separating everybody because practically everybody is infected at this point if if it's that easily spread, which he doesn't think it is. Or he doesn't know. So he's like, let's not go overboard here. You and know? They go back to big lots and bring a, a truckload full of bleach back, apparently. They can't yeah. Just, well, they, they, can't solve every, they can't solve all their problems with fire <laughs> as badly as they want to. No, no, you can't, can't just, just burn the, up cell block you can't D. Set cell block D on fire and come back a week later and like, all right, <laughs> clean up the suit. All right, fair enough. Um, so the council then goes, uh, Carl, out we the, have to get our mop and bucket out and and, and wash this suit away. <laughs> suit, yeah, soot, soot. That's uh, is that how Rick says? That's soot? how, and that's an suit? authentic English <laughs> version of a Southern accent pronouncing "suet." Oh, yes, Jesus, yes, it was. All right. Anyway, so the council goes out in the hall, and they see Karen and Tyrese heading back, but she's coughing, and they decide they're going to take her to cell block A, even though Tyrese is not too thrilled about it. Mm. Um, Daryl goes off to bury the dead, but before he does, uh, Carol asks him if he's okay, and he says, "Gotta be." What do you think? Is he really okay? Because I thought that's the other reason why I'm starting to come around to the idea of him maybe not being invulnerable and invincible. I was like, this is this seems to be taking a toll on him. Yeah, and I can't tell if it's a mental slash emotional toll or if it is like actually he's worried about being infected because he's not feeling so hot. 
uh, yeah, uh, it could be, and it could be obviously combinations of of all those reasons. Yeah. I but think I, that's probably what they were going for here, right? But I mean, you got a guy who's just professionally not giving a shit <laughs> his uh. whole life, um, suddenly being forced to be a leader and and care for all these people. Like it's not an instant cast. It's like that's a, that's a muscle he's never had to develop. Yeah, very true. Um, so Carol tells Lizzie that she's weak and that she needs to fix that. And she says she's got to trust her gut and act fast in this world. And her little sister says, you are so stupid, which was fantastic. I literally cheered at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Emotional abuse at the hands of your newly adopted family. I thought it was hilarious because the girl is going to get herself killed and a lot of other people killed if she continues with the attitude she has towards these walkers. Did you I mean, but did you see that coming with Carol though? No, Where she's I didn't. like, look, I've I've I haven't told you for all this time and I've let it slip, but mm-hmm. I, the simple fact is you're weak. I was like, "Whoa, Carol." Well, I the reason I love what they're doing with Carol. <laughs> Absolutely. And it makes perfect sense. The the reason she does that is because Ryan just told her to take care of her kids or and his kids as if she was her own and she's exactly. thinking if I had if I had Sophie Sophie to do all over again, yeah, I would have taught her to be tough as nails. Absolutely. So, so that's what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Makes perfect sense. That's what you call character development, right yeah. there. Uh, even if it's a little mean to this small child. Uh, Daryl gives Rick a pep talk while he's div- digging graves for all these people. Uh, he tells him that he didn't screw up, and the way he sees it, he's the one standing there with the shovel when the shit hits. And uh, it's interesting because Daryl's the one standing with the shovel at that point uh, because Rick has kind of taken a step back. You know. Well, yeah, there wasn't any real, you know, they're talking metaphorical shit, metaphorical shovels. Obviously, so. but I think there's uh Did it mean something? There's reality there, yeah, that you have to consider. Okay. Anyway, then, then they notice the walkers are trying to push the fence down. Or not really trying to push the fence down. Walkers don't try to do anything except eat you. Uh they're about to push the fence over yeah. by their sheer their numbers. combined efforts of trying to eat the people inside are, are getting the job done. Um, what do you think about the reliance, the growing reliance on CGI blood on the walking dead? Uh, I did not really even notice it. I thought that their practical effects are really, really good, but there was one time when I noticed it. There's a lot of shaky ramen stakes through people's faces work, I thought. Yeah. That's always And maybe there. it's always it – because the first, like, two seasons I watched uh, – well, I think on season two and three anyway, I watched majority of it in low def because my old cable yeah. company, you could not, for love of money, get AMC in high def. It was bizarre. Yep. That, that's a shame. So maybe I just didn't notice. It's always been that way, and I'm just now noticing it. Yeah, it's kind of always been just passable, like not B movie stuff. But well, I remember some some but scenes. Not like, like I remember particular in season two where I think Herschel was given a monologue about uh, Otis's death, and it is interspersed with like other people rounding up zombies on the farm, and like Andrea was doing this weird uh-huh. combat crouch with a with a, a, a pitchfork. Uh, ramming it through some dude's chest and it's like it was fake as hell fake as hell <laughs> and that was the only other time i've really noticed it being super fakey i think there was some some kind of fake looking stuff in the office space scene where they've all got the walker on the ground and they're going to town on him hmm. 
I thought I remembered something fake looking in there. But yeah, I mean, the, the part where I really noticed it this episode was when he cut the pig. I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely CG. Well, yeah, I, I can mean, totally tell. Uh, uh, honestly, I didn't the second time I did, but the first time I thought it might actually be a practical pig, not a real pig. Yeah, I mean, yeah a practical okay. special a dummy of, pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. But no, the second time it seemed obvious that it was a CGI blood and incision. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Beth is inside the prison with Michonne patching Gipples up her like, ankle. Showed you actually slaughtered those fucking pigs. <laughs> it's George Lucas and Phantom Menace all over again. That's uh, real grass, bitches. What they should do is they should do a behind-the-scenes documentary on the Blu-ray with better special effects uh-huh. that makes it look like they actually did those things. What I think is hilarious as a guy who has family that does farm is how many people took umbrage about those pigs being slaughtered. Yeah. That literally happens hundreds of thousands of times, probably a day in this country. Uh-huh. So we can have bacon on our cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. And I mean, in a, in a show where you're seeing people getting chomped every other minute, nobody gives a shit. But then you see a pig getting its leg cut. Yeah. And get, the jig is up. Yeah, and then a zombie comes and tears it apart. I mean, that, yeah. that's part. That's rough. I don't think that's a humane slaughter method. <laughs> a lot of people weren't getting why he cut these pigs. He cut mm. the pig's leg so it couldn't run. Yeah, sure. Like, that's all. The, he wasn't, like, attracting zombies with the blood or anything. No, they're not great whites. Christ. They're already there. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, if you weren't sure, that's that's why he was doing it. Anyway, so Beth is patching up Michonne uh, and her ankle injury. And Michonne's angry at herself for messing up, apparently. I mean, she she said they should have just left me out there no, she's, when I got caught. She's a little hypervigilant, I would say. Yeah, well, she's expecting to never make a mistake. She is someone who is like that. When she, when she runs into a problem that's her own doing, she doesn't really expect anyone to be there to help her out. Right on. Um, so she's kind of adjusting to life with this crew, you know? I mean, we saw that last season with Andrea... Uh, and Michonne's relationship, she, uh, they weren't really uh, used to caring for each other, I guess. Andrea a little bit more, but mm-hmm. anyway, so I, I was at this point questioning why Michonne is so affected by Judas crying until... Uh, well, plus they had the heavy dialogue that led up to that about losing children and, you know, what do you call parents? Uh-huh. And, like, that's like, got to be the worst. What do you call that? There uh, isn't a word for that, is there? I don't think so. There probably isn't another. It's language, such an exceptional thing, like losing a child. That's one of the you know you're supposed to be the other way. But it does happen quite frequently. I don't it's know a, that it happens quite frequently, but yeah, it's not unheard of. Do you want to? Certainly not unheard of. I know people who have. Do you want to be famous for being the man coining the phrase of? No, no, because okay. that that term will uh, probably end my good reputation. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, so yeah, she's saying uh, that all that stuff you're talking about, and then when you care about people, uh, hurt is kind of part of the package. So I don't think Michonne's used to that either. Uh, she's trying to block all that out, you know. Oh man, there's uh, a but coming mil- from Beth, there's a million uh, horrible things. I was just my, yeah, don't do it, man. I, know, I can't say don't do of... it. <laughs> anyway, uh, right. Right. she over. also says that Judith she thinks can sense people's moods. Which, eh, uh, sure, I'll give her that. Uh, so whatever. I think we should keep that in mind going forward. What, is she psychic? Or she's no, a, 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 no, a, a, God, no. But we need to keep an eye on that because the show is setting her up as kind of a barometer for you these people. So? I just thought that's some, yeah. something stupid that people say about kids. I think it is, but I think that's going to come back okay. into play. 
All right, bold, bold prediction from Jim. Otherwise, Jones. why the hell say it on the show? Because Beth's got to say something. <laughs> she doesn't though. She can walk out of the room with the baby. All right, all right. Anyway, uh, Sasha spots the rats by the fence while they're trying to uh, fortify it. And Maggie collapses. Is it because? And then she had this weird reaction. Do you think it's because she's getting sick, or did she just trip and fall? And then she told Glenn to stay away because she didn't want to get infected or. That's, I mean, that's exactly what she says. I'm going to go with the literal interpretation there. Okay. Fair or enough. is she pregnant, really? Ooh, she's got some troubles. No, I don't think so. She's in the family way? Uh, sure. Oh, God. The zo- this is the scene had the zombie eyeball pop. Oh, on the fence? Yeah. Yeah, mm. that was disturbing. Mm. Zombie kill the weed goes through the chain link fence. Yeah, uh, I I think so. You I mean, it was killed. Your, you can't deform your entire skull to the point your eye pops out and your brain be okay. <laughs> that's, that's true. I'm comfortable saying that the, the the zombie got crushed by the force of the zombies behind him. All right, fine. That's the zombie kill of the week. Then goes to the fence. The, 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 chain, the chain link, link fence, fence around the Round prison. Of applause for I, the chain that, link fence. Yeah, that might be the first inanimate object that's gotten it. Uh, we're we're stretching the definition of that. I'm okay with it. Anyway, uh, so Rick goes back into sheriff mode, and he uh, tells Daryl to go get the truck. Um, we cut the commercial and eyes the pig house. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so Carl's making crosses for the graves inside. Carol asks him if he's going to tell Rick about his uh, about the knife party in the library. Uh, Carl doesn't want to lie to his dad, and Carol says, "Oh, well, it's not lying. You're just not saying anything." Bullshit, Carol. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Kirk had this discussion with Spock about 17 times. It's not lying. It's an it's an omission, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if anybody else in this prison dies, I'm just going to, I'm just going to call it Carol in the library with the knife. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? It's a clue reference, man. I know, but is Carol killing people? What's no, she's, I'm saying if anybody else dies, she's teaching people about knives in the library. It's going to be Carol in the library with a knife. Okay. I don't think you can be funny by just randomly referencing Milton Bradley games with no context. I can try, god damn it. (laughs) That's funny, watching you try. Uh. There's a comment here about a group only only being as strong as its weakest link. Um, There are some seriously weak links in this group, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Lizzie is a huge weak link. Sure. Um, Not giving Carl a gun... Is a terrible idea. That's a weak Rick, link. Rick is kind of a weak link at this point. Who yeah, would have thought that Carol would be hmm. tougher than Rick? Yeah. Um, and, and less indulgent. I mean, it's just, it, it's kind of interesting. I was played. And also, like, what, seven, eight, maybe nine people died in cell block D? Yeah. Total horse shit. If these people were any kind of survivor. I mean, I just, the thing, I think this whole episode was an exercise showing how relatively soft and unprepared for real adversity yeah. um, that this group is outside of the core, as you mentioned, the core group of badasses. Sure. Absolutely. I'm with you. I mean, Beth could take anyone in cell block D. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> Probably so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of Beth, she's singing to the baby while Michonne's working out, and then she gets puked on. She hands Michonne the baby, and despite her protests, she takes him. Uh, she takes her. It's Judith, I guess. Uh, and Michonne cries. She breaks down looking at the baby. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful acting job. Yeah, with fantastic. The li- with the lip quiver. Um, finally giving this actress something to do besides glower. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, she smiled a couple times in the last. No, as I'm saying, I'm like, it's, it's it's great to see. Um, yeah. So this doesn't specifically tell us anything about her backstory, but I feel like that's the great thing about it. Yeah, it's it's just subtle enough to get us interested. We can you know? have a discussion about what it means and what you know. We can look for signs in the future and try to figure it Let's out. Let's do that. What do you think it means? I mean, I I think that I don't know the details, but it seems like that maybe she lost a child in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's exactly. And she's like what um, I was She is like what carol would have become had she not been surrounded by people to help her huh interesting you know like carol's like gonzo about you know being prepared and like making sure the kids are prepared well michonne has just turned all that inward yeah make sure she's prepared yeah yeah she's like a mama bear who lost her cubs and now she's just you know pissed off and working out her ass all day the show does not skip ass day or as far as i can tell abs day legs day arms day (laughs) i mean she's just fit as hell yeah now she just needs a haircut make her super badass what oh so zombies can grab her (laughs) exactly she almost got killed this episode because of it Hmm. uh anyway rick and dale she needs to to get like a motorcycle helmet just tuck it up in there and then she'd look like really badass (laughs) there you go but then she could like take it off and whip it around and still be feminine. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck am I? I don't know what you're talking about. Rick and Daryl lead the walkers away I can't from the fence. Shit out either. God damn with, it. With slaughtered pigs. Uh, why do you think Rick is so affected by this scene after he's cut these pigs open and left them for the walkers? Launching to eat? Operation Bacon Closeout. <laughs> so what a would be it the, probably what would be is. The, what would be the best special ops name for this mission? Bacon Closeout. Uh, wholesale pork. Wholesale pork. <laughs> pork clearance. Yep. Operation Pork Clearance. Operation. Operation Hoof It. Hoof It. <laughs> Operation Use Every Part But the Oink. <laughs> no, he used a lot of those. That's true. There, well, squeals. No, squeals. Yeah. Okay. Squeals. Fair enough. So the oink was preserved. <laughs> um. Like the American Buffalo. Anyway, so what what do you really think Rick was thinking here? This is the death of Farmer Rick, piece yeah. by piece. Every pig taking him a little bit closer to, to that edge. And then the last one, you know, for this show, it's fairly subtle work. That it actually sprayed him with blood and made him look like the savage, you know, primal Rick that we saw losing his mind uh, in, in last season. So it's like yeah. all that, you know, the farmer hat. And, you know, burying guns instead of using them. And uh, he completely transforms back into Alpha, dare I say, Alpha Rick. All right. And that's what this whole scene was about. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I've noticed because I was watching a lot of previous uh, seasons. And Walking Dead has always had trouble with music cues hmm. uh, that were n- not involving, like, tension or horror or dread. Like, it's, they do happy music cues really bad. But, like, dramatic or kind of emotional beats, I don't think they do very well unless they're using licensed music. This is one of the few times that I thought everything really worked together. Cinematography, acting, music, i it was a moment, and I enjoyed it. Nice. All right. Well, I agree totally with you uh, on that scene, so let's move on. Uh, Carol teaches Lizzie a lesson about the walkers and death. Um, and I think this girl might have actually learned her lesson when she she saw what happened and she took the knife, you know? Um, and this actually, I think this kind of mirrors 
Rick's situation here and Rick's realization. I mean, this girl is realizing that these zombies are a threat, you know, um, that she can't be weak. And Rick is realizing that he has been taking time off and he can't do that. He can't afford it. And these people need him. Mm. Um, I mean, he was the guy. What were they going to do if Rick didn't say, I've got an idea, go get the truck. That thing would have collapsed right in on him. And they'd all all been uh, dead. Well, he, none of them or, were making a move. Or he could have been like, "All right, people, we're going to walk down this fence about a hundred feet." <laughs> yeah, but, but nobody was doing that. My point is, then, that Rick did like something three about of it. you stay here and shore up the fence section. Then we will walk back the other way and uh, we will leave. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of ways they could got out of the slaughtered pigs. I didn't have a problem with it because they had a solid theory that the pigs were contaminated. So they had mm. to kind of go anyway. Get re- yeah, and they, they couldn't went, use them. And then Rick went full velvete- velveteen rabbit on it and decided to torch the whole facility. Uh-huh. Some people didn't like that, too, about using resources. But, you know, you're facing the uh-huh. goddamn plague. It's it's clean, you know, and you, you don't have 500 gallons of bleach on hand. It's cleansing fire. Yeah, this is the Time thing. tested. This is now their main threat. Yes, like this, this flu or whatever it is is way more threatening than those zombies outside that fence. Because if the zombies bust in, they can still go into the prison. It's true. If the prison is totally contaminated by this flu, they have yeah, nowhere to go. it doesn't matter, right. Yeah. And, and the people are dropping and turning into zombies, which are then an internal <laughs> threat. Yeah. No, it's a horror show. It's, uh, you know, it's a credible threat that you have to be really smart and, and really good to to meet. And it's, uh, you know, it's... it's I, mean, I think... This is so much better than goddamn Walker stuck in a well. <laughs> that was an actual problem of the week. Uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, this, the scale and scope is just so much more epic, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I, I just think it's great. You I'm was... super, super encouraged by the way the season's going so far. Yeah, me too. I, the first two episodes are great. What would you get this it. episode? We've, we've, we've kind of oh, gotten boy. out of our habit. I, yeah, you... I just, numbers, numbers. All right. Um, I'm sticking with my 8.5 that I that yeah. I gave it. Um, I don't think you gave it. I, I, I don't think we I thought I about gave it instant one cast. in the instant cast, but maybe not. I think that was post cast because I forgot that we talked about. It. I think yeah, eight eight and a half feels right. I mean, I don't think it equaled the zombie set piece that was the death from above or raining zombies sequence, mm-hmm. but they took the character beats, the hints of that in the first episode and. And expounded and elaborated and gave us more of it, which to me, um, it's all great to kill zombies spectacularly, but why I, you know, I wouldn't watch a dumb zombie show. Yeah. I'm always hoping that Walking Dead uh, gets that second level booster ignited and becomes a quality drama in addition to being a zombie show. Yeah. Um, So, you know, if I can have my cake and eat it too, that's what I want. And I'm seeing signs of getting that now. It's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was a little worried when this girl took the knife and stuffed it into a, her pants, apparently. I mean, because she wasn't carrying a knife before, which yeah, means she can't possibly out. have a sheath. I tried to so... figure out. Maybe she tucked it between in her belt or something. But then know. Carol says nothing if she – I mean, you trip and you fall and you're dead. <laughs> maybe Carol's trying – she's determined she's the weak one and she's trying to kill her. <laughs> Here, honey, she's play gonna, with this knife. She's going to teach her wrong as a you know oh, as, on, on purpose. Wow. What you want to do is jam your face in the walker jaw so they can't bite you. <laughs> it props it open. They can't get sure. leverage. It's like an alligator. It's the same principle as closing an alligator's mouth. Yeah. Except get, this is works the other way. Right, right, right. Oh, boy. 
Anyway, uh, Rick tells Carl that they should stay away from Judith until they're assured that they're not sick. And Carl tells his dad about what Carol's been doing, teaching the kids how to Which tie knives. Yeah, uh, this, this, is, this, whole, this is more and, good character stuff. Yeah, man. this whole moment, I mean, like most of my favorite parts of Walking Dead are Carl and Rick. Yeah, and their relationship I is liked, good and good. I thought it was great, and a lot of people didn't like Carl snitching. But, yeah, it's your dad, man, especially if your dad's a badass like Rick. I think you can confide in him, and I think Rick did the right thing as well. Yeah, and I mean they they built that in the first episode, right? They they showed that now there is a change in their relationship. They both have respect for each other, and he just plain up doesn't want to lie to his dad. Yeah, and that's cool. Uh, so yeah, Rick says he's not going to stop her or say anything to anybody, and then he gives Carl his gun back and he straps his own back on. Yeah. So now Sheriff Rick is in full effect. I didn't see anybody with a hat, but I'm guessing that's coming soon. Do you think we're going to get the full return of the full dictatorship? Nah, I think he's going to be a kinder, gentler. He's not going to be. This is not a democracy. <laughs> he just walks straight into the prison. Yeah. This is not. A- I gave you fuckers six months, <laughs> and, this and is I what I and I got the blood of four pigs on my hand <laughs> and my face and my face. and my shirt. I had to burn that. Are you kidding? I had to burn my, my shirt, shirt. shave my beard. Oh, uh, anyway, this beard took six months of my life to grow. Yeah, so um, I lost four pigs, one beard, and fifty thousand earthworms. You fucking bat. No, okay. Uh, so, do you think that before this whole thing went down with Patrick and the attack inside the prison, had Carl said something about what Carol was doing, would Rick have said anything to somebody? Because uh, personally, I think he would have. I think the events of the day. Mm-hmm. Not only changed, like changed him, you know, back into Rick uh, that we knew from previous seasons, and that he now has it re-impressed upon him the importance of defense. In this, I don't know because I part of me wonders if this isn't Rick trying to find a middle ground. Like he doesn't want to be yeah, the yeah. guy. He doesn't want to be the guy making decisions and doing that, but he also doesn't want to be the guy that completely abandons any sense of duty to protect a group. Mm-hmm. Like I almost kind of think that he wants like the Daryl role between season two and, and three, where he was, you know, enforcer of policy and you know someone you could depend on, someone you could rely to protect you, but mm-hmm. not bear the weight of the actual leadership. Yeah, I, I he's like the executive. We'll he's the executive branch of the government now. And the council is, is the uh, <laughs> specializes in execution, <laughs> <laughs> and the council is the uh, legislative. Okay. So he's not setting policy. He's just enforcing it. Fair enough. Final scene. Tyrese goes out to see, goes to see Karen in the, uh, <laughs> in death row, but she's gone and he follows a trail of blood out back and discovers her and David's body is burnt to a cinder. Mm-hmm. And we know it's her because they show us a close up of a rock, paper, scissor bracelet. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of questions about how this all went down. Yep. Um, Yep, I mean, I we could speculate we can... all day on who did it. It seems uh, like. And now, so do you think, because another popular theory is that the same person feeding the rats to the zombies is the person that burnt uh, burnt up Bright Eyes. I don't, I don't see why it has to be. I don't either. I don't see, I don't see why it would at be. All. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We got some feedback to that, so maybe we can learn something. Okay, well, that's it for the episode, so let's get into the feedback. Or actually, we should do some pimping first. Yeah, as we mentioned uh, last episode, this entire season is uh, brought to you by uh, 
<laughs> Brandon Doc- DeVito. Yeah, Dr. DeVito. Did you think we should like get his ad we should get his like phone number? Give his phone number out? No, I, like, not until not if not if he doesn't want us to. Okay. Well you can easily Google his practice and find out where he where he practices at North Carolina and, and book yourself uh, an appointment. I tell you what. Uh, we've, we've, we've uncovered, we've done some investigative work and we've uncovered some, uh, cool facts about Dr. DeVito. For example, Jim, did you know that he custom makes his own cologne out of a proprietary blend of Novocaine, fluoride, amalgamated mercury, and nitrous oxide? A powerful cocktail that's been known to spontaneously regenerate a complete set of adult teeth just by inhaling it since. Hmm. Somehow I don't believe that this is actually true. This cologne, which Dr. DeVito has trademarked under the name Painless... Oh, okay. actually licensed as a form of dental anesthetic by the great state of North Carolina. All right, now I'm sold. True now, facts. Yeah, now you got me. That was total bullshit. Do you know what's not bullshit? Dr. DeVito would love to take care of your teeth mm-hmm. and would like to remind you all to brush at least twice a day for two minutes with toothpaste approved by the American Dental Association and to floss daily. Dr. DeVito yes. is the official dentist of Bald Move. If you're in the Carolina region, uh... You should go and see him. He's awesome. Take care of your teeth, people. Absolutely. And tune in next week for more exciting facts about Dr. DeVito. We will see how crazy we can get this. Perfect. Without getting sued (laughs) by a professional association or Dr. DeVito himself. (laughs) All right. Any Uh, other? Yeah. um, On a serious note, (laughs) we are a part of the Bald Move Network. You can find all of our content at baldmove.com. We've got all full coverage of The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, latest seasons of Mad Men, uh, Breaking Bad and Justified. Also, uh, our affiliates, Personal Arrogance, are holding down the fort. Uh, Jesse and Eric over there in Seattle talking about beard, board, beers, beers, probably beards too. Beers, board games, geek culture, pop culture. Um, really funny. Eric's also got a Get Off My Running Back uh, fantasy uh, football slash regular football podcast. I guest hosted uh, with him this week. So if you want to get uh, more of me, check that out. Our three best gal pals uh, at the Because Show, Gerilyn, Amy, and Susan uh, are hilarious. Uh, and this week they got all, they're talking about the female Viagra called La Burrito. A burrito? Oh, La I've burrito. Got, sure, I can make burritos. Apparently that makes burritos make women crazy <laughs> go, uh, nuts in the pants. Well, that's why Rick's carrying that one last there episode. There you go. And, and this hands why, it over to and, her. And he just comes out and that scent wafted and boom, women just, you know, Question, the nearest woman flocked to him. <laughs> Question four, do you like burritos? <laughs> uh, I forget what I was talking about. <laughs> you were talking. Uh, and also. Female Viagra. Kelly and Tom, up yours downstairs, they are covering the. British uh, tele- televising of uh, Up Yours Downstairs. No, I'm sorry. Downton Abbey. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. We love that. It helps grow our show. Use our uh, Amazon affiliate link at amazon.ballmove.com. We get a teeny tiny cut of Jeff Bezos' Amazon private when you do so. And tell a friend or family. Turn them on to Bald Move. We'd love to have them. For sure. Let's do some feedback. Okay, we have a bunch of it, right? Uh, I have a decent amount, yeah. Cool. Uh, Rachel A. said she can't make the – so we got a bunch of Beth entries that are ineligible to win because they couldn't go. Ah, yeah, that sucks. But I'm going to read them anyway because people took time to write them in. Uh, 
she also said, for fun, I paused the screen in her diary, and while you can't make out much, she does write something defective. I'm not going to blank anymore, which I'm guessing is mourn the death of anyone. No. Typical Beth being all Cheryl blunt. Crow. Come on. That's got to be a Cheryl Crow reference. What do you mean I'm not going to? can't cry to? anymore. Oh. Got to okay. be. I mean, she loves all those songs, right? I don't know. We got some feedback about that, too. But anyway, <laughs> all right. uh, here's Rachel's attempt. Dear Diary. You know, today I was thinking about asking a group who went on the run to bring me back some stickers. I really think something sparkly would liven this place up. You'll never believe what Zach did today. Before he left on the run, he was all like, uh, uh, goodbye, adoy, and stuff. At least he's got a cute <laughs> smile and an even cuter butt. OMG, my dad would totally split an axe through his skull if he ever saw me write like that. Uh, Nice. Anyway, I'm still trying to brainstorm ideas for how I can, like, actually contribute to the community here. I'm pretty sure everyone loves my evening concert series, but I'm also pretty sure Daryl is all whatever about them, so I need to figure out something better. Besides, I can't stand the way that sweaty Patrick kid stares at me when I sing. Gross. (laughs) I overheard Carl and Rick saying that Violet's sick, so I was thinking I should, like, uh... Take over the pig butchering. You know, death is so 2000 and late, so whatever. I'll bet Daryl would be super impressed if I hand-delivered some bacon I personally slaughtered from a sow's quarters. He's so greasy, it's killing me. Ugh, speaking of killing me, what the H-E double hockey sticks is up with Maggie and Glenn lately? They're moping around the prison like Doodlebug took the coward's way out or something. So dramatic. Oh, I almost forgot. I totally crocheted an awesome cardigan with some spare rope and an index finger I repurposed as a needle. It would be super useful to have something warm for those frigid Georgia nights. XOXO, Beth. Very nice. Mike F. took a step up to the plate and swing. Let's see if he connects Beth's diary. Dear diary, remember that cute... Oh. I got my Beth voice on. Remember that cute boy I've been crushing on? The one with the dreamy eyes and the soft hair? Daryl just told me he got eaten during today's run. Too bad that pound sign YOLO because I would have loved to see him again. Wink. Maybe we should start saying pound sign yo yo LT instead because you get to live twice now that we get to come back as undead monsters lol i spent the rest of the evening thinking about butterflies rainbows and our pending deaths at the hands of this cruel world the kid who looks like squints from the sand lot just limped by looking awful someone should check on him or be patrolling this place at night i hope his eyes don't pop out when he dies like that zombie that spent all day inexplicably staring at rick through the fence ttfn beth less than three which is TTFN. Yeah, Tata for now. Uh, okay, sure. I'm up on this shit, wow. man. All right. Uh, <laughs> I am texting 14 year old girls on the reg. Uh, P.S. Diary, how old am I? Because I was poised to get weird with Carl, who's crazy young, but I look about 23 in a certain light. And why wasn't the boy who died today killed by the governor? Wasn't he of like proper age to be out fighting? Good thing there's some great gore and action in the world. Otherwise, these plot holes would drive me crazy, less than three. Strong attempt, Mike and Rachel. Thank you. Very nice. If I could give you VIP ticket, I'll just print out a VIP ticket and send it to you. <laughs> it won't matter anyway. And you're not going, so who cares? Uh, Lori G has a strong take on last week's episode. Okay. I don't. Lori Grimes. Yes. Yep. Uh, she says I th- don't think the chicken in the woods was real. Rick is not yet well in the head. He gets ordered Coming to carry his gun. It triggers his PTSD, and he then discusses it all on the couch with his therapist, Herschel. Maybe? What do you think of the theory? Is zombie girl not real? Yeah, so... It would answer a lot of questions about that whole interaction. 
Yes, it would. Um, I don't know. There was nothing there to you, me that indicated that she was not real. You don't have to give this serious consideration because I don't think there's any way of knowing. Like even that's if, the thing. Like I just thought it was a cool, cool concept. It's like, are we in a matrix? <laughs> well, I don't know you until I wake up. those cave on me, Jim. What the hell? <laughs> I am, man. Anyway. Matt E. says, since the theme of the episode seemed to be – again, these emails are all the, for the old episode. Since the theme of the episode seemed to be, can you come back? I took Carl's freak out as seeing the knives as indicative of his wanting to have some child-oriented things in his life, even if he was reluctant to let the other kids know about it. He wanted to hear his story, so he freaked out when Carol started knife time because it meant he couldn't be childlike. <laughs> God damn it. I wanted stories, I wanted, not I knives. knife time. Uh, I agree with what you guys were guessing, that perhaps Rick has been trying to pull back Carl into a more healthy kid mindset. So it makes sense, knowing as much, Carol wouldn't want Rick to find out about the knife lessons. I thought that was a pretty strong take. You think that is an accurate reflection of Rick's, or I'm sorry, Carl, Carl? Jr.'s yeah, mental I, state? I think partially, sure. I mean, he was never allowed to be a kid, you know? And when he started this off, he was very innocent. Right. And then he's been kind of jaded over time. And I think maybe being relieved of that uh, duty that he felt has uh, made him want to be a kid. Moving on uh, from Joe, I live in Iowa. I only work in outer space. W, a couple of comments. I must be one of the only viewers that enjoyed Rick's interaction with quasi-zombie chick. I think Rick deserves a little credit as knowing he was not walking to an ambush. Uh, QZC did not even know that Rick was there until he stepped on a twig. And how would she have contacted ahead that she had a victim? That's a solid point. It's not like she's just wandering looking for people. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, is that a solid point? What if that's her shtick? She's just walking around she, trying to find someone to lead back to her camp. That seems like a long shot. Yeah. Like just walking around in the middle of the woods hoping to stumble upon someone. Right. Seems like a bad idea. Uh. Ginny says, listening to your podcast today is cracking up at your argument about Carol and Daryl. I admit I completely agreed with Aaron that they were completely platonic. Sorry, Jim. What? She says I liked you first. But uh. then, as they so often do, two different ideas mingled in my brain, and I realized that from a simply practical point of view, it seems improbable that Carol and Daryl wouldn't be hooking up. Let's face it, Carl. Carol probably wasn't getting a whole lot of quality action before the zombie apocalypse, and based on a stunning personality mm-hmm. during the first season, I doubt Daryl was very smooth to the ladies either. It only stands to reason that these two people have developed a mutual respect and tenderness for each other, had little left to lose, and they weren't sure if they were going to survive another day. They would, at the very least, a him comfort each other. And to hell with the Carol wants to, but Daryl does an argument. That's a load of shit, and we all know it. <laughs> You're telling me that it's been two-ish years since the world went to hell and Daryl doesn't want to have sex? Whatever. <laughs> uh, then she draws parallels between the fact that television audiences love sexual tension. She cites several examples, such as Mulder and, and Scully. Do you think that Daryl and Carol are the new version of, of Mulder and Scully? Mulder and Scully. Absolutely. Or I couldn't tell you if Daryl is Mulder or Scully. But they are both of them one of those people. Okay, sure. No, I. Yeah, man. I. I think there's got to be something there. If that's the key, the sexual tension angle, then we will probably never know that. Just going to keep. Oh no, 
until the show jumps a shark and then they'll put them together and they'll get married. And yeah, I feel like that shit doesn't work anymore. After like Friends where there's like sexual tension for seven years and they occasionally hook up and then they're off again. And then they get married and it's, that gets boring so they have to have a kid and that gets boring so they cancel the show. Yeah, yeah. Like that shit gets boring quick. Uh, Mike C. from Arlington, Virginia says, I was just listening to you guys arguing about whether Carol and Daryl were bumping uglies and what? whether Daryl and Beth would hook up. I'm throwing down a marker right now. Daryl is gay. Uh, point of fact, Lori okay. G. actually beat you to this a week, but she came in that no man's land where she was too, you know. Too so late like, for one podcast. Too yeah, late yeah, for yeah. Another. But I just wanted to <laughs> point that out. Um, and I, she, she already got huh. a little piece does up he, there. Does he cite any evidence here? He does not seem – yeah, here's his evidence. He does okay. not seem interested in women, and there's no way he could have come out in a family that included Merle. Solid point. Okay. So he's enough. used to suppressing all sexual feelings, which would make him seem awkward in social situations and cast him as the role of an outsider. I think it was reaction, his reaction when Beth hugged him that finally convinced me. I'm not sure what I would want to see happen. Maybe the writers will drop some stronger hints, but ultimately a bit ambiguous, like Gus Fring – because at the end of the day, it does really not matter, or maybe they will reveal it to show that you could have a fully developed gay character on a TV show who is a badass, fan favorite character, and not a stereotype tip type of a flaming queen. Hello, Omar. That shit's already been done, <laughs> Yeah, son. no kidding. That's old hat. Uh, zombie movies are supposed to be full of social commentary, right? What do you think of this angle? I, I A 17-year-old girl comes up and hugs me. It's going to be a little weird. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I don't know that that's evidence that... I thought it was a... I, I picked up on a little extra weirdness there, too. I don't know if, you know... Yeah, you th- said you thought maybe she was hitting on him, but... Um, but I, I, I could know. buy that. I also could buy that maybe Daryl is asexual. Yeah, he just doesn't give a shit. He's too badass there are to people, care about sex. <laughs> there, are pe- there are people out there like that that just don't... Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that's... Human spe- sexuality is a wide spectrum. Yeah, I don't know that I buy any of the evidence right now. Uh, but I wouldn't rule it out either, you know. Yeah, but I, I'm I still think that I don't see any real sexual tension between Daryl and Carol. Carol and Daryl going the other way, maybe. But I think Daryl's just if anything amused by. Oh, that. okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Dean says Rick, as a farmer refusing to carry a gun, maybe an allusion to Cincinnatus, a Roman who is named dictator in order to defend Rome against an invasion, and also. The namesake of my adopted hometown. Once the crisis passed, he resigned as a dictator, went back to being a farmer. George Washington is often compared to Cincinnati. He sent us a link to articles. What do you think? Is this uh, an allusion to the the, uh, Roman emperor who laid down his office once uh, Rome was at peace? So Rick is Cincinnati? Rick is Cincinnati. I, I feel like I shouldn't give him that much credit on the writing staff, <laughs> but it could be. It could be. Why not? Um, he also gave us some background. He is from uh, Atlanta, uh, okay. Georgia, about the sculptures from Zimbabwe and the walkway between the terminals at the uh, international airport there. Mm-hmm. Um, he sent some nice pictures, including the leapfrog one. So I cool. still I didn't get any notice of anybody saying that that was a moment. When he dropped the leapfrogs and she kind of acted bizarre about it. So maybe that was just me. Um, thanks for sending that in, Dean. Mark E says, hope to see you at the Walker Stalker Con or thereabouts November 1st through 3rd. Mark E says, best stuff in this high quality episode. Uh, actual character development for Michonne. Carol's continued awesomeness. 
Did anyone think two seasons ago that those words would be strung together into his sentence? No, God. Carol was so weak at one point. Uh, uh, I, I think it's that's just a... They're doing a good job with Carol. Yes. They really are. Yes. With how far she's come. I very much appreciated the writers are letting the if only Sophia knew how to use a knife thing remain subtext. Yeah. Again, very confident of the show. Uh, did your mom ever have one of those slicers for hard-boiled eggs? Hmm, yeah, that cyclone... Fi- Cyclone fence and a face, yeesh. Uh, stuff not to like. Why are the spike mechanisms only by the gate? Will they learn from the near collapse and put some barriers up outside the fence? <laughs> and someone buy Kevin Smith a new hockey jersey for those promos, for God's sake. <laughs> Somebody buy him a pair of full-length pants. <laughs> That's yep. all. I, he has weird cut-off shorts in the promo he ad. He is like a really poorly dressed Steve Jobs in that that's all. That's literally like his. Yeah. That's what he wears. But – Cut off jean shorts? That's really terrible. <laughs> He's got millions in the bank, a smoking hot wife, and so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Doesn't give a shit about what people think about him and his dress. So, all right, good for uh, him. Nick from Illinois. Hey guys, want to ask a question about this week's episode? It is involves Michonne in a scene with Judith. Do you think maybe she had a child? Then maybe her boyfriend and brother, uh, which he presumes are the chained up zombies, turned up and killed the baby. Or rather, turned and killed the baby. Uh, that's why she couldn't hold her at first and couldn't stand to crying. That's my first feeling after watching it, Jim. Do you think that the uh, pet zombies were connected to somehow this tragedy? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's more than possible. I think that's likely, actually. Considering they're... We, we got hints of them being important in some way to her. Um I don't think they ever actually said who they were to her. Well, no. Right? In fact, Michonne made it a point to not even tell Andrea that. Yeah, but you could tell by the look on her face that yeah, yeah, yeah. they there were was, important to her. Yeah. Well, or, or, well that, there was a was, scenario there. She was also, I b- believe, I recall her being pissed at them or intimating that, you know, just because they're like, were they your boy or as close to you? And she like glared at Andrea. So uh-huh. there might be something to that. Might be legs on that there theory. Uh, Frack and T says, Beth has exquisite taste in music for a 17-year-old. Tonight's song was I Don't Want to Grow Up from 1992's Bone Machine is Ready by the legendary Tom Waits. Nice. Who is absolutely my favorite musician of all time. Uh, look at the exquisite musical taste of Frack and T here, Jim. This is the second time Beth has sung one of his songs that surprised me both times because... Yeah, I was going to say, she did it before. And maybe it's different in the South, but girls, especially as young as her, are not usually the biggest fans of his. Knowing that she is a fan, I think that she's probably a little sentimental, a little wild, a sucker for sad story, and definitely wise beyond her years. All right, I'll buy it. Yeah, she's I totally a, buy it. She's a southern fried hipster. So yeah. take that into account when writing the uh, best journal entries from now on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Tom Waits going on. Uh, which brings me to her character and story, continuing by fracking. The writers have never been able to figure out how to do character moments consistently well, but they're on a bit of a roll now. In fact, there may be a bit of overcompensation for past sins going on. Michonne, Beth, Carol, Tyrese were front and center tonight, three women and a black man, and they had good moments, all of them. I am hoping that the casual misogyny and uh, apparent racism of the previous seasons is a thing of the past. The show is so much richer when everyone gets a turn to have their story told. Here, here. Yeah. When you get away from fucking stupid love triangles and revolving door madness, psychotic plots, you can actually have room to tell other people's stories. It's nice. Yeah, and I think it 
I think it's a good indication that my my favorite episode of last season, Clear, had a lot of that in it. I mean, Michonne was a fleshed out a little bit there. Her relationship with Carl was really important there, and we're seeing that carry over into this season. And Gimple seems to be the guy who's going to maybe turn this around. I mean, it's looking good right now. Yeah. I know. Maybe he's playing house money. No one really knows his name. It's He's, like, got this franchise. Someone flipped the keys, and he's like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to floor it and drop the clutch on this bitch. <laughs> what? Um, awesome. Andrew S. says, uh, just want to say I'm 100% sure that the person outside the prison putting the rats down was the governor. Oh, what no. do you guys think? I don't think he the, means the person inside the fence, right? I guess. I think that the governor's plot is not ripe for return yet. Uh yeah, I'm with you there. I'm, uh, it wouldn't feel right to bring him back or even hint to his return this early. Although it has been, I, I don't know. It, it might depend on how they do it. I think if that were to be the governor. Somehow getting inside the fence in a, a prison where we know that half of it is collapsed uh, and the walkers have gotten in before. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Uh, Joseph V says, are you guys disturbed as disturbed with the bad CGI blood as I am? It's gotten to Sharknado levels. <laughs> oh, God. It reminded me of Mortal Kombat for Sega Genesis. Did you see Sharknado? I did see Sharknado. It was ridiculous. Uh, that's not a bad point because there's, there was definitely some Sharknado-esque blood in this episode. Yeah. I mean, certainly, uh, even the Walking Dead stands head and shoulders above the towering achievement that is Sharknado, but still. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. Michael D says, really impressed with this season so far. It seems as if they're back at their season one stride. Balancing out the character moments and action is working for me. So wondering why they didn't continue this in the first place. Although it seems that The Walking Dead in season two had a good and bad half season. The second season with its bad first half and good second half. The third season with its great first half and horrible second half. I'm just really hoping Gimple, who has always wrote great episodes, sticks with this. What do you think? We will see. I think a guy we'll that can see. write good episodes can lead a writer's room to write a series of good episodes. Sure. So I'm I'm kind of encouraged that, and then this in hindsight makes makes uh, perfect sense. Michael continues. I don't even care about the standout episodes like Clear or Killer Within. I just want a steady and consistent season for once. Damn it. Um. He also says I'm loving the Maggie and Glenn scenes, and actually how happy, or he's actually happy that they're only giving them a little bit of screen time. Don't want to overdo it with the relationship. However, I like to see them a little bit more individually. Also happy to see Maggie back in on the action. Please don't twist this and have her actually be pregnant, please. <laughs> I, I think they're I think they're doling out the screen time with Maggie and Glenn about right as well. Yeah, I think they it's had been... a lot of big moments in the last scene season. We can go away from them. And what do you think about seeing them as a uh, independent rather than as uh, because they almost seem like they're just a unit lately? Yeah, I feel that relationship feels natural to me, honestly. I mean, they, they probably, after all the horrible things that have happened to them, wouldn't want to be too far out of each other's uh, range. I apologize in advance for butchering your name, Oisin D. I'm just going to OD from here on out. OD says, in the scene where Michonne is in her cell with Beth and Judith, why do you think she didn't want to hold her? The fact that she might have the flu or maybe once she had a child and lost it? 
Uh, I think the second one is more probable. As she held, once she held jo- Judas, she was crying and was so happy. Maybe remember her child. Did you take that as happiness? No, I took that as regret. Yeah, despair. Yeah, uh, painful memories of the past. Uh-huh. Um, she also wants to nominate Beth as the one who fed the walkers. She's been acting kind of weird in a way. She's singing that song to Judith about dying young had me on edge. Do you think there's any chance that Beth is the one feeding? The rats to the walkers. No, but okay. I yeah. mean, sure, there's there's a chance. Why couldn't there be? <laughs> well, we why don't have, indeed. We don't have any evidence this, as to who that is. This other is than, The Walking Dead, after all. Uh, yeah, other than the obvious, which is Lizzie. So if you're not going to go under that assumption, it could be anyone. Craig B. has an astute point. Has any article of clothing lasted longer than Rick's shirt? Season two through four, right? I don't even mean just in The Walking Dead either. I don't remember anyone ever wearing the same clothes every episode for three seasons on any show. Did Lost do it? Because they didn't have a fucking huge amount of clothes to wear on an island, right? I, th- I think Lost might have done it. Um, that might have had some metaphysical... <laughs> no, No, they were getting supplies every once in a while once they took over a hatch but i <laughs> okay my head's hurting already yeah um yeah i, yeah, I don't remember gilligan's island <laughs> is the only thing i can think of yeah that they lasted a long time in that damn red shirt and that skipper hat <laughs> um the hat the hat has outlasted well it wasn't worn every day so i don't know Jeff B. says, while watching episode one, I was wondering what the relevance was with Rick digging the gun out of the dirt. After watching episode two, I had the idea that it was foreshadowing symbolism for a resurrection to he and Carl to carry and use their guns again. Hopefully, we'll learn more in the upcoming episodes. I like it. One thing that's been bothered me is why hadn't they noticed a pair, a pile of chewed up mice at the fence until now? Not a bad point. And yeah. something that I think points to the girls because a little girl would not think to hide the remains of the rat right sure like an adult would would feed it through the fence and then probably throw it over the side yeah it feels like somebody who doesn't think what they're doing is wrong Mm. right they're not trying to hide it at all do you think that the other half is there to make the walkers focus on that one area of their fence though oh i mean if you want to go malicious motive yeah if you want to go with like it's the governor (laughs) or something uh yeah i don't know because i guess Whoever's doing it is doing it under cover of night, so they are trying to hide it. Lisa R. Sure. says, as far as Daryl's profession, I'd like to put my entry in. Thinking about his backstory, hairstylist, uh, and, or hairstyle and need to be alone, I think he was a taxidermist, oh. if not a high school counselor for sure. Taxidermist is a good guess. <laughs> That's some kind of various, sta- dead, you know, various stages of dead possum on his head. No, not on his going there. <laughs> I think that's no. where she's going. She's digging the man. She's putting a dig in the man's hair. Oh, the man's hair is awesome. Uh, no problem. Low blow these are. Um, but la- I mean, he has a. Uh, he likes to shoot squirrels, right? What does that have to do with anything? He's good at shooting squirrels. It means he shot a lot of squirrels. Do you know what a taxidermist does? Right? They stu- yeah, they stuff okay. and preserve okay. animals. So he, he shoots he- the squirrels. I don't takes them back to his lair. So he has he has this row after row of of, of uh, squirrel heads on his wall at his trailer yeah, in Georgia, yeah. all mounted on little okay. wooden plaques. <laughs> all right, right on. Uh, she says. Lastly, I found out that Andrew Lincoln is starring in a new Showtime show. It's a prequel to Strike Back. 
Do you have information about this, and how do you believe it will affect his role in the show? What is Strike Back? Strike Back is something I just became aware of on myself. Uh, it's a show on Cinemax. Oh, that Cinemax. is a balls-to-the-wall like action-adventure flick. About I, I've only watched like three episodes, but I can't fucking believe how awesome it is. What? It's like these... These mercenary special forces guys that go and dispense justice in various parts of the world with lush sets and awesome action pieces and decent amount of nudity too. Sweet. I got there's only like there are only three seasons in. I need to catch up on it, but I start I, mm. I started watching it because Seppenwall wouldn't shut up about it. And I just happened to flip through, and I'm like, oh, Strike Back. I'll check it out. And they're in the middle of this pitch gun battle that lasted half the damn episode. And I was like <laughs> Super entertained. It's like All right. 30 minutes of the Expendables. I'm sold, man. I'm going to check this out as soon as we're done. Anyway, I have looked in this, and I I think it's I think it's a miniseries. So it's, it's only going to be like maybe six episodes. Okay. And it doesn't interfere with his filming schedule. And I think that that's it, since it's a prequel, that's it. Hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how his character is going to fit in this world. Again, I don't know a lot about the show. I want to catch up to it because it's freaking rad. Um, but I'm not too worried about that, Lisa. Um, moving on to Staffa, our old friend Staffa from Out of Continues, the video game podcast. We go way back with Staffa. If you like video games, yep. you should check out his cast. Uh, feeding the zombie pigs is the best plan they could come up with to get them off the fence. Even if the pigs are infected, feeding the zombies only makes the zombies stronger. Zombies plus pork equals super zombies. <laughs> How about using that wood from the pig pen and gasoline to set those zombies on fire? Not a bad point. Yep. Pitch those uh, pallets over across the fence and douse them with flames and light them up. That sounds like a good plan. Because the zombies are just going to sit there and take it. That's the brilliant part. (laughs) Good point there, Staffa. Mary Duar, another butchery by Aaron here. Are the yard guards all asleep at their post, or are Maggie and Glenn busy with sexy time when they should be on zombie watch? Really, that was a good-sized pile of rats. I didn't count, but it was enough to account for a significant amount of time for that flashlight to be bobbing around by the fence with no one watching. Whether the poor little girl guys were eating, eating alive all at once or one at a time at night, the person on guard should have noticed. Or maybe it's one of the adults who's spending their guard time feeding zombies and not one of the creepy girls. Just a <laughs> thought. Interesting. I don't think they have guards, man. I think that's they do have guards. Glenn was going; he was getting up in the morning to go on watch. No, to do a perimeter walk. Yeah, yeah, changing of the guard. So, so that you, means that implies that someone was out there already. They got round the clock guards, and yet the bullshit that happened this episode happened. That's apparent. I think we got incomplete. I don't think we fully understand what's oh, going on. All here. right, that's my take. Okay. Uh, Jonathan W. says, speaking of takes, my take for the purposes of getting them to flee the prison, it'd be nice if the local environment were causing the infections. But I think their new doctor... Walker rotted soil. I think, <laughs> I think their new doctor is more likely the cause. In show evidence, he came in alone about a week before the infection started. External evidence to show was silent about why he was alone. Also, he's, n- not, he's a named character, not just another Woodbury red shirt. So he has a role to play. Possible evidence, as a carrier who has seen this disease play out before, he knows what you do. you got to burn the bodies, and he's the prime suspect for the charcoal Karen. Hmm. What do you think? Is Bob Angelo the guy that's patient zero? It's possible. I don't see why not. Healthy as a horse, though, seems. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Although he says he's as a carrier. Maybe he's a carrier. He himself has local immunity. Yeah, it could be. Strong point. 
Uh, Tyler from Michigan says, let me start by saying that I love The Walking Dead. I'm into the characters and the universe, and I soak up everything I can about it. But for some reason, I can't seem to shake the fact that this season, and I know it's only been two episodes, but it's been a little meh. The stories have been set up to feel like they've been set up, and it seems like they're trying to find a are trying way too hard to have drama for the sake of drama. I know it's a dramatic television show, but it seems a little forced. For instance, all of a sudden, Tyrese is a big wuss. Of course, you will need something to turn him into a badass. Let's kill his girlfriend. <laughs> Rick and Carl are Farmer Jacks, and Rick is poor, has the poor me's. Of course, the dilemma will present itself to bring them back to badass status. Let's have every competent person suddenly become dumb and not think of an obvious solution to the problem, leading zombies away from the fence. Carol is feeling motherly and teaching creepy children how to use knives. Think that will backfire? Um, these are some of the examples he gave of his discontent. What do you take from this, Jim? Um, I agree with him that things are being conveniently set up and then knocked down, but I don't really have a problem with that because I feel like even in shows like Breaking Bad, that happens, but if you have a good enough character that's driving that and a character arc that's driving that, I don't see it as a problem. I kind of want logical things to to follow from setups, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the the line between working and not working is how well you do it. It's kind of like the old adage, if, you know, step one to being successful with the ladies is to be attractive. Step two is to not be unattractive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> step one to having an entertaining show is to, you know, have your storylines be good and to not have them suck. So, but I do think that what they're, we're seeing here is maybe a little bit of the audience that they've that that has that's liked one version of the show getting this other version that's a little bit more dramatic and, and introspective mm-hmm. um and they're not having as much fun with it um that's something we worry about on this podcast like well jesus christ uh we've run off all the real hardcore fans of the walking dead with our bitching and moaning what if we start liking it and then we run off all the people that just want to run it down no we'll have yeah. no audience at all oh, my god <laughs> Obviously, Walking Dead is 16 million people watching it um, or something crazy. Is it 13 or 16? 16.1 last episode. Uh, obviously, they're not having that problem so far, but do you think that's a legitimate concern that the guys like Tyler are going to be driven away? Uh, I don't know. I would have to ask Tyler about that because personally, I enjoy it more the way that they've, uh, they're doing it this season, but I wasn't driven away by seasons two and three. There was just enough balance there to keep me going. Right. So, I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure if they took this full drama that some people might not like it. All right. Two more emails before we get to spoilers. And we do have a significant spoiler. Uh, not significant into like, oh, my God, spoilers. But we actually have some meat to them, them bones this week. Okay. Uh, Lindsay from Oregon is the penultimate non-spoiler email. Says, I thought this week's episode was very good. Had me on edge of my seat the whole time. Really liked the development of the characters, especially Michonne. I felt we learned more about her character in this single season, single episode, than we did all last season. To see such a strong warrior woman break down, lip quivering and all, while clutching the baby Judith was very touching. I love her character more and more each episode and really like what the Gimple is doing. Carol's character has really done a 180. Remind me never to leave her in charge of taking care of my kids if I die. I know her character is haunted by the fact that her daughter Sophie was ill-equipped to survive and it cost her her life in the woods. I have the feeling that these Sophie 2.0s will not fare much better. Finally, my least favorite scene had to be the piglets. 
Does it make me a bad person that I felt more upset for the piglets being killed than the massacre that took place in prison block D? Yep. Perhaps it's because the piglets <laughs> had more character development than all the characters that died in cell block D combined. Did we really need to see every piglet death, Jim? Every <laughs> fucking piglet. It's so sad. There were three of them, man. I thought- She's right, though. We did not see any character development for anybody in cell block D. <laughs> so they were like pigs to the slaughter uh, just as much. Um, so, and then she kind of made the same point that Staffa did. If he's really doing this to prevent the pig's disease from spreading, why feed them to the walkers that are just going to be clamoring outside your gates, uh, spreading slop when you go to go ram a, you know, tie rod to your head. Um, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's hilarious when we were doing, oh shit, this is involved in major spoiler game of Thrones. I can't discuss. Don't do it. But it was hilarious to me that when a certain event happened, there were certain people that were more upset about certain animals being killed than certain people. Just saying. It, just saying. That makes so, no sense. Yeah, and that's intended to be to do so. You're one of the jackasses that haven't seen it yet either. Right? I haven't watched the last two episodes. Jeez, I know, crazy. Please. Julie from Chi-Town. She's just a shy town Julie with a nice flow, and she says, I'm crazy for thinking the person who's feeding rats to the walkers is the same person who killed and burned the two infected people at the end. No, I don't think you're crazy for that. I assume the rat feeder was taunting the walkers to break down the fence, and whoever killed those people did it to turn the people in the group against each other. My theory is that the governor has placed a mole inside the prison in order to wreak havoc and destroy the group Ooh, from the inside out. Bob. Maybe it's the new medic who got picked up in last week. In any case, I love that the writers are keeping a lot of information from us and causing all these new theories to spring up. This season is definitely a lot more interesting than almost all the other seasons, except for maybe the first episodes of season one. Love the podcast. Thanks for all you do. I like your take, Julie, and I yeah. also agree with you that a lot of people have fond memories of season one. Really, first, second episode and the last were the really good ones in that season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... There was tell it Bottos. to the frogs. There was tell it to the frogs. <laughs> was in there, so. Yeah. Ugh. Um, that's it for our main cast, man. We got some spoilers to discuss. Some comic book spoilers. Um, no hardcore core show spoilers, but some, some casting speculation and some other stuff. Um, yeah. All right, then hit us with an outro, and then we'll go to them. If you would like to leave us feedback, you can do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com. And also, I should have mentioned that that's how you that's how you enter the contest to guess the weight difference between Jim and I. You send it into watching dead at baldmove dot com. Probably gonna have to fix that in editing, maybe. Nope, nope. They'll just have to listen to the whole show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> super! We'll, yeah, you, you're gonna tweet we'll that shit, out. Facebook, and we're gonna deny <laughs> deny all that shit. Um, yeah, and speaking of Facebook, you can follow our live tweets and follow find out everything we're fire do our live show threads rather and find out what we're up to on a week by week basis by liking us at facebook.com slash bald move. Tweet over here at Jim at bald move and we will see you either in a spoiler section or this weekend when we do our live instant take. Remember, around ten o'clock we fly to the mics as soon as the episode's over and we spit hot fire baldmove.com slash video about the latest about the latest uh, episode yeah so that's it we'll see you in the spoiler section if you're so inclined if not we'll see you on a live cast yep thanks everybody for listening until next time i'm jim i'm aaron see you
we're back with the spoiler section. What are we doing? We have uh, emails. We have uh, talk about the preview. We didn't even watch the preview this week. I did. Well, after the show. But we usually watch it like right before we do the spoiler section. It's not too late. Do you want to? It's too late, man. Okay. It's too late. Um, well, Tyrese is pissed about He's Karen. Super pissed. Yeah. Herschel's pissed, too. Um, uh, I think his. I think my take on that is that he is serving in cell block A as their one of the doctors and putting himself on the line. And Maggie's pissed about it, and he's saying, you know, you don't get to choose whether you live and die. You just get to cho- or what you risk. You just get to choose what you you know risk it for. Sure. So I think that's that little dra- bit of drama. It seems like there's a better. Uh, equipped person now with Bob in the ranks than a veterinarian. And you got you got a plague on your hands. You need all hands on but deck. Yeah, maybe they're all in there. Yeah, I bet it could be. Although that's kind of scary too. <laughs> that's silly. Put all your doctors in one place with all the Although sick people. What do you do? You take your best doc and put him in a fridge, Indiana Jones style, for the duration. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's oh not... wait, no, don't put him in the meat locker. Ooh, that's. You remember what's in the meat locker, right? What's in the meat locker? <laughs> from last season when rick opens it up when he finds uh oh yeah <laughs> yeah they've been shitting in there yeah. Yeah, yeah keep him out keep the doctor out of there that's that's probably someone opened the shit locker and they all got and sick. they all got sick yep um jason c from cincinnati said it would have been nice or, i know it would have been nice if the governor's threat had been wrapped up in last season but since he's still out there, what if they roll him and the remaining two thugs into the Hunter story arc? Did you make it to the Hunter story arc, Joe? I didn't make it to the Hunter story arc, no. Um, so briefly, it's a comic book arc where it's kind of like the first time that Rick, you feel like that him and his group are badasses. Okay. Um, because there's a group of cannibals that are preying on, tour, you know, basically tourists. Um, and they lure him in and they try to do that shit with Rick's group and he takes them fucking down. <laughs> awesome. Um, they could cap and there's a night. This is where Dale dies in the series because he gets, he's already lost one leg and he gets bit by another Walker. Um, and he decides instead of telling everybody, he decides to just go outside, you know, shuffle off outside and he's going to die. And the hunter's ambush him and he wakes up and they've amputated his other leg oh, and they're eating it oh. and then he laughs at him and says you're eating tainted meat fuckers yeah um and then rick's group shows rolls in and regulates so he's going that angle and he said they could capture herschel after he gets bit and infect themselves by eating his other leg probably won't happen because it seems like they're obsessed with having michonne go after governor but it's just a thought if they're going to merge a storyline i'd rather it be the story that uh, that story, the Negan and something to fear. I need something from the, someone from the uncles of anarchy to play Negan. That's a good point. I don't know that the governor could play Negan, but I think hmm. economy of characters and cast and plot, it would make sense for him to be that Negan role. And it would feel pretty yeah. epic. Honestly, if we don't see him for two years and he shows up in the midpoint of season four or wait, midpoint of season five, say, Mm-hmm. Uh, identifying himself as you know this guy who's got this that this it's basically an all psychopathic band. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be really cool. That would be, that would, that would have a lot of legs. That's that happens around episode 100 of The Walking Dead. I think you oh, left really? off around 40, so you got a ways to catch yeah, up. Yeah, I do. All right. Uh, so good takes. I kind of agree with that. I I really hope. I really hope when when they leave and they get back on the road, they do the hunter plot. That would be a really nice, tight, 
three to four episode arc. And honestly, um, they could do a lot of those. There's a lot of that stuff where they're kind of traveling. I think they could do a whole season where they're just kind of on the road. And I think that'd be an yeah. interesting challenge, interesting plot. Might be refreshing too. Yeah, yeah. And it's cheap. Like we talked – I think we said this in the last cast. It's super cheap, man. Just film in any old fucking abandoned section of highway you want, a different part every week. Yeah. You don't even have to be on location. You could do it from Hollywood, for God's sake. Just hang in some Georgia signs and work your way <laughs> to the East Coast with signs, and who cares? Yep. Uh, Brent from North Carolina said, uh, great show. My prediction for season four in the Comic-Con trailer they hear on the radio, Sanctuary. I think walkers will force the group out of the prison by the end of the season. They will go to the sanctuary and find out that it's run by Negan and his new right-hand man, the governor. Hmm. That's an interesting right-hand take, man. too. Not ready to see the evil eye patch governor go yet, but I want a season away from him to build up an army and forget about the whole Andrea governor love story from season three. Uh, yeah, totally. I, I, I don't, Hmm. That would be an interesting parallel between him and Merle. So like him Merle, now being the right hand man, Merle to... was the big antagonist from season one uh-huh. that was kind of like flushed out and abandoned. And yeah. then we caught up to him in, in season three it would be kind of cool if the governor was the head antagonist psychopath that got away and came back as the right hand man of an even bigger psychopath. I like, I the, like it. I like the symbol, the symmetry of that. That's pretty nice. Julie W from Toronto says those sisters are totally going to be the tre- creepy twin characters from the comics. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you, you have read that part. Right? I have read that part. Yeah. Where she kills her. Whichever sister is feeding the walkers is that sociopathic twin who cut up the cat. This will be another internal force that they have to deal with. That is all. Do you think AMC has the balls to have a child murder another child and then another child murder that child in retribution? Nope. Boy, if they do, though. (laughs) If they do, it would be epic, but I don't think they do. People would know what to fucking do. Yeah. If the younger child killed the older (laughs) child. People who haven't read the comics see that happen in an episode and then the adults and then the adults are all like oh my god what are we going to do what are we going to do we gotta and then you hear this gunshot and carl has just blown their head off yeah uh, that would be amazing that would be amazing yeah i just don't think they have the balls i don't i don't know i don't know i don't want to bring testicles and ovaries into it i don't know that, yeah i don't think they have the i don't thrombus. know that i don't know that amc is gonna would let them get away with that? Yeah. Although they had, they've had kid zombies. I don't know, man. I don't think they have the chucks for it. I'm, uh, it would be, it would be awesome if they did. Um, it would be, it would be power. I don't even know how I'd feel about it, honestly. Uh, Jesse B, our favorite spoiler hound, says in season, episode three, Sasha appears to get deadly sick. Do you think she'll survive? Hmm. Man, Tyrese has already lost one person close to him but remember people have noticed this that he's kind of been a little bit of a shrinking violet this season and last we need him to have that badass catalyst right maybe or do we i mean do, does he need to be a badass does, i know he kind of is in the books type? but yeah why <laughs> he doesn't have to be necessarily but that would sure do it right his uh girlfriend and Sister and or daughter, I don't know what she's got to be to sister. Him. I don't think daughter, but yeah, back to back, get slaughtered. That would yeah, that would, that would kick him into full badass mode. I'd imagine. He says, Michonne, Bob, Daryl, all go out and are costed by a huge horde. Might be the biggest one since the show aired. Hundreds of zombies upon zombies. Yeah, I saw that. 
Um, preview. Is that in this next episode? Yeah. Cause yeah, it's it's a massive, massive horror. Well, the thing is, is there was a lot of speculation on Reddit about this scene where people were saying, and I kind of agree. I thought it was four people. I thought it was Michonne, Bob, Daryl, and Sasha. Maybe I'm not right. Maybe it is just those three. But they're saying it stretched hmm. credibility for all those people to make it out of that unscathed. Do you buy that? Well, so you, have you, you seen they... have you seen the the video of it? I didn't know it was next. Uh, I, yeah, where they're like literally like they are hung up. Their cars hung up on the pile of bodies. No, I don't think they're hung up. I I think because what it shows is like Daryl's talking or something over to the side and he's driving and like when he turns around there's a walker he swerves he kind of nudges a couple of them uh, and then he brings the car to just a stop. It's mm-hmm. he he hits his brakes it slows down just like it normally would. It's not stuck in any way mm-hmm. so and then they just kind of sit there and go oh my god this is a massive crowd of walkers um and then walkers they sit there so long as it zooms out that they the walkers crowd around their car but i think they could just back up and get out of there well i've seen other film footage where they're actually it looks like they did try to back out and they get and they get caught yeah it's like three or four zombies are underneath their rear axle and they're just spinning oh god so in that situation, would it stretch your credibility that all three of those could get it out alive? And if they don't, who dies? Jesus. Sasha dies. Well, what if she's not there? What if it's just Michonne, Bob, and Daryl? Bob dies. I <laughs> There's too much character development for the other two people to go through still. Is there for Daryl? Yeah, Where's Daryl got to go left? We need to know about his past. They set that Come up in out the first of the episode. Now, maybe, who knows? But we definitely need to know what he did before he was... Do we? Certainly. They set that up in episode one. We need to know now. Hmm. If they kill him off and never mention it again, it's only that, that'd be disappointing. Only that fucking loser Zach cared, and he's dead. Well, but we all care. Like, the audience cares. I don't right? care what 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 Daryl did. No? You think, oh, wait, you man. think Daryl had some kind of weird career? No, I don't think he had a weird career. I think... We just need to know more about Daryl because he's the biggest badass on the show. All right, um, I would hate and to Michonne. See. They're just now developing, so I would she hate can't for Babangela to die. Yeah, um, I hate for any of them to die, honestly. But I, I would rather. I personally, I feel like I'm getting a lot of hate mail for this, but I mm. would rather see Daryl die than either of those two. Wow. All right. I Hopefully Sasha's there so we can kill her because I don't really <laughs> care much about her. Maybe they can take Lizzie with them. And that, yeah. <laughs> um, he also says he's observed a new location, which he believes might be a power plant. Uh, it mentions that Eugene, Ro- uh, Rosita, and Abraham have been cast for season four. I am guess I, – I don't know if that's for the first half of season. They're obviously an important part of them being on the road. So I'm wondering if we meet them at the end of this season. Um, you don't know no. that storyline. Yeah, right? I don't know okay. anything about them. Um, Eugene's a identifies himself as a government agent who has a working radio that he's in contact with Washington D.C. and he has a vital secret about the zombie apocalypse. He has to get to the headquarters, and that, but he won't tell them. Yeah, he's like got it's 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 vital national security that he doesn't, and also the, somehow the radio stopped working. Um, so he needs to get closer to D.C. to get the signal. Wait. That, so it's simultaneously the- vital that he reach that this message reach Washington D.C. and vital that he doesn't tell them what it is. 
I, uh, I'm just saying. It seems like those two goals are in conflict. I'm just saying that it, it provides impetus to get the group moving in the comic book anyway for about the okay. episode arc. Um, so he's got the links to that. You can check that out if you'd like. I'll probably post. Uh, do I want to post that in the show notes? Because it's kind of some people get pissy about super spoilery. Caster. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the character names are actually in the links. So yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, Google it. It's easy to find. Um, Eugene Rosita Abraham casting Walking Dead. You'll get it. Uh, Tyler from Michigan uh, has a mild spoiler question. Did you notice that in the poster that the Rick, uh, the preseason poster showed Rick standing in the front of a broken fence. His right hand is bandaged up and he has his gun in his left hand. In the comic, he beats the hell out of Thomas. And when Herschel bandages his hand up, he says something about never using that hand again. Shortly after that, the governor chops it off. Is this fan service or is something brewing? Hmm. You know, at this point, I could buy that Rick loses his hand. That's the only thing against that is that Robert Kirkman consistently says that's the biggest mistake he's made in Walking Dead. Oh, take well, his then main maybe character not, and yeah. cut his strong arm off. Yeah, yeah. That if he said that, he's not going to do it again. He has plenty of control. So over the show. I'm saying that it's probably the latter. It's something it's that only the fans would notice. And doing it's kind of like a wink yeah, to the yeah. audience. That makes sense. That's it. No more spoilers. Okay. We're done. This podcast is ready to be in the books. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I've got nothing else to say. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching, and we'll see you next week. Yep. See you then.